Amen. This morning I had um, every intention of launching into a new series uh, concerning the vision and the values of praise. And I am so excited to be able to get to that uh, in a few weeks. Um, really felt like just actually really I would say hit, hit Thursday. We were 100% moving that direction and then hit Thursday and really felt like we needed to stop and we needed to talk about something else and focus as a church on something else uh, for the month. Well, really, we're going to just take two weeks, but as, as a church to really focus on something in the coming month. And it's something that I've never done before. Okay, uh, here, here's the gist of it. In early January, I really began to feel a need, a need to be able to, or to call Praise Assembly uh, to a month of prayer and fasting in February. And some of you right now are thinking, North Point sounds really good. <laughs> uh, um, it's not the kind of thing that I would ever do lightly. And again, when I say that I've never done anything like this, I've never called Praise Assembly to a, um, a month or any kind of a time of corporate prayer and fasting. I've never been a part of a church where it was called to a time of corporate prayer and fasting. I've never been a part of a corporate prayer and fast, but actually starting in January and then just more and more sensing the Holy Spirit bringing this about as something we need to do. And it's not a small thing to do. Uh, it's not a small thing uh, to be called to do because there is such a thing as people being hangry, right? And so as you're thinking and praying, wow, I feel like the Holy Spirit is calling me to call the church to do this. I understand that the source and the target of that hangriness could be me. And, and I'm thinking no need to stir up the beast. But there comes a time when you feel like it's time to stir up the beast. And I feel like right now is that time. And I've been sensing this for some time, and then really just this week in particular, Joel chapter 2 verse 13 talks about the kind of fast that the Lord calls us to. It's not the kind of fast where we rend our garments, but the kind of fast where we rend our hearts. And this week he has been rending my heart. And I am calling us as a church to a month of prayer and fasting as those whose hearts are rent. If you would grab your Bibles today, and I'm just going to really quickly walk you through um, a couple of scriptures. And I'm going to take next week as well to focus on this because I want to make sure that we're having, that we have the right heart in it. Jesus, when, you know, that whole passage where Jesus is talking about the different kind of wineskins. New wine, old wineskins explodes, right? That's about fasting. And so we need to make sure that we are doing this fast, if, if, if this is the Lord that is leading us into it, that we are doing it with the right motivations and the right heart and the right disposition, okay? Because we don't want to have old wineskins trying to hold new wine, right? We are New Covenant believers. We are New Testament believers and so we need to make sure that we're walking through it in the right way. But I want to start with a passage that uh, this week really kind of hit me, and it's back in Ezra. So if you would grab your Bibles this morning, if you don't have a Bible, there are some that are spread throughout the seats. 
Um, if you'd reach over and grab one this morning in order that you might be able to jump in and read the scriptures along with us, we're convinced of the fact that as we apply scriptures to our hearts and our hearts to scripture, by the power of the Holy Spirit, it changes us from the inside out. We've been talking about this even uh, in this last series that we just finished up called Inside Out. And so this is why it's so important uh, to, to really spend time in the Word of God. And so this morning, if you would, grab your Bibles. Once you have them, open them up to the book of Ezra chapter 8, okay? And let me give you a background as to what's going on here. At the beginning of Ezra, there's a decree from Cyrus that uh, the Israelites who had been in exile for decades could return home and rebuild their temple. And uh, some of the people head back immediately and begin to work on that. But immediately they face opposition. Uh, the Samaritans really oppose what is happening. And they send back word to the new king that um, th these people are, are opposing him. That they're opposing the seat of power by rebuilding this temple. And so the command goes out from this new king that the temple needs to stop. But even in that, God is at work and he calls some prophets, two prophets in particular, to go and begin to encourage the people to continue to do the work of the temple. And so they do. And as they do, then the Samaritans send back word again to the king and say, listen, these guys are rebuilding the temple. You told them to stop. But they're saying that some king before you actually gave a command for the temple to be rebuilt. In that, God's working, and the command then goes out from the king in order that um, they would search the, the archives in order to find out what this previous king had actually authorized. And so from those search, you, you find back in Ezra chapter 6, verse 7 and 8, here's what it says. Uh, let the work on this house, so after they find the decree that had happened and said that they could go back and rebuild the temple, then here's the word that goes out. Let the work on this house of God alone, let the governor of the Jews and the elder of the Jews rebuild this house of God on its site. I love that because you find the decree already, okay, set it, they're going to be able to do it. We're allowing it. But then they go further. Moreover, I make a decree Regarding what you shall do for these elders of the Jews for the rebuilding of this house of God, the cost is to be paid to these men in full and without delay from the royal revenue, the tribute of the province from beyond the river. <laughs> so essentially what they're saying is let them rebuild the temple, don't bother them, and then the word moreover. I love the word moreover because our God is the kind of God who is the God of the more and the over. Okay, so he goes, moreover, here's what we'll do. You're going to collect the taxes and pay for it. Isn't that awesome? So the people of God get to do the work of God, and then the enemies of the people of God get to pay for it. I just think that our God is awesome, because our God is a God of moreover. So the king then says, we need to send back some others. We need to send back Ezra to teach the people. And there's going to be people who want to go with him and return. And he gives Ezra everything he asks for. Ezra only refuses a security or an army escort to go as they're traveling. Okay, And that's where we're going to pick up in Ezra chapter 8, verse 21. Here's what it says. Ezra chapter 8, verse 21. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava that we might humble ourselves before our God. 
Now, it says that he's proclaiming this fast right at this river Ahava, which was probably actually like a canal that was outside Babylon. I guess you could call it, there's a little town there named Ahava, and it's the canal that's right there, most likely. So it was probably a suburb of, of Babylon. And the people begin to gather there. Back in verse 15 even. Back in verse 15 it says, I gathered them to the river that runs to Ahava. And there we camped for three days as I reviewed the people and the priests. And I... so, so this is where the people begin to assemble. He sets up camp right before they leave. Right on this side of the river Ahava. And as they're standing on this side of the river Ahava with this massive journey in front of them. Right before they go, right before they're going to cross over the river and head out, Ezra proclaims a fast. Says that at the river Ahava that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him a safe journey for ourselves, our children, and all our goods. We're not given a ton of details on what the fast looked like. Um... If we were, we'd probably develop some sort of fast called the Ezra fast. It doesn't give us those kind of details. We aren't told how long it was or who fasted. What we're told is that they took this as an opportunity to humble themselves before their God right before they head out on this massive journey. Now, I would think that this would be a time for them to build up their strength. I would think this would be a time not for fasting, but a time for feasting. I would think if you're getting prepared to go on a massive journey with a huge amount of people, this would not be a time in which you want to lose strength because of the time that you are fasting. As you are launching out on this huge endeavor that you would want to gather strength even as you're gathering people, right? That this would be a time of gathering strength in preparation for this massive journey. But they recognize that this is not like a, it's not a business endeavor, It's not a business journey. This is a spiritual endeavor, and it is a spiritual journey in nature. God has called them to it. And so they humble themselves and declare the fact that they are seeking from God a safe journey for themselves, for their children, for everything else that they're bringing along with them. And I don't know what the cause of it was. I don't know if Ezra sensed That this is something we need to do from the Lord or if he's standing there and he's watching these children running around and they see that stuff and they recognize that, boy, they're a ripe target. And so knowing that they're embarking on more than just a business thing, that this is spiritual and recognizing that their help and their hope rests in a different place, that they call a fast. And so they do this declaring their absolute and utter dependence upon God to be the one who provides for them first and foremost. And you can see that even in the next few verses, verse 22. For I was ashamed to ask the king for a band of soldiers and horsemen to protect us against the enemy on our way. Since we had told the king, the hand of our God is for good on all who seek him. And the power of his wrath is against all who forsake him. They know that their God is a moreover kind of God. And they recognize that their God, who's the same God who is able to provide for a temple by taxing the enemies, is the same God who can protect this people without a guard 
to keep them. So they go to the Lord and not to the king. They will not ask for an escort. Instead, it says in verse 23, so we fasted and implored our God for this, and he listened to our entreaty. So they prayed, they fasted, and God heard, and God responded, and they safely are able to make this trip. So 2019 is a a big year at Praise Assembly. And in many ways, a major part of it is a sort of gathering at the river Ahava. I believe that the Lord is kind of preparing and we are gathering right now. We're going to be talking about that more in the weeks to come. But it is so important that we don't look at this in human terms. That we don't look at this as a business endeavor to be accomplished with our strength and our power in human terms. But instead that we are recognizing that it is the power of God who is accomplishing it through people and a church who are submitted completely before him. So it is so important that we get our hearts right before him in this moment, I believe. But more than that, I believe there is a bombarding heaven aspect to this. It says that they fasted and they implored God for his help and he listened to their entreaty. Now to be clear, we don't earn God responding to our prayers. We are able to enter the veil to the throne room through one thing and one thing alone, and that is Jesus Christ. And yet you look throughout scripture, and in moments when hearts are rent, that fasting ties together with prayer. You often will find prayer without fasting in scripture. You will never find fasting without prayer in scripture. And so there are times when a heart is rent or the heart of the people is rent that fasting is tied together with prayer. And we'll be talking more about this next week and making sure that our hearts are right in it. But I believe this is a serious moment that we are at. I believe that this is A moment when we need to recognize the extent of the spiritual endeavor that God has called us to. And we need to cry out for the help of our Lord. And so I am asking you to participate with us. I am calling us as a church to 28 days of prayer and fasting in February. February 1st is this Friday. So that's coming up quick. So let me start by saying just a few things about this. If you're willing and able to participate, here's what we're going to do. Every day of February, starting on the 1st this Friday, one of the ministerial staff at Praise is going to prepare a devotional. And if you participate in this, and I'll walk you through how to participate in just a moment, we will send that out to you the day before at 5 p.m. It will have on it a devotion for that day. It will also have on it a very specific prayer focus. And it will begin on February 1st. Before we get into the details, though, I want to walk you through the why. You can feel free to scribble them down as quickly as you want, but here's the thing. If you say, I'm going to participate in this, it will be put into your hands for why we are doing this, okay? Um, There's a why and a weight that is resting on my own heart that I want us to get into before we get into the pattern. So let me walk you through the why. There are five reasons that I believe the Lord is calling us to this as a church. And I want to walk you through those five things, but again, you can feel free to scribble them down or you can feel free to just respond. And when you respond, you will have these in your hand. 
And these five reasons, I've read every scripture this week, every verse in the Bible that talks about fasting, right? Because I wanted to make sure that our heart was right in this, that my heart was right in this as I was calling this church to it. And so as I read those, these five line up with the purposes and the reasons in scripture that I find for fasting and praying. So here are the five things that I believe the Lord is calling us to in this time of prayer and fasting. Number one, to ask for a breakthrough on behalf of those in this congregation who are facing health challenges. There's a lot. And friends, we cannot carry that. That has got to be the Lord who moves in each and every one of those situations. And we already watch him moving. But as we're praying for Jacob and Brad and Carol and Vicki and Ella May and Brian and everyone else who is struggling and dealing with some health thing, we need to lay that before the Lord as those whose hearts are rent on others' behalf. So I'm asking that you would pray and fast, asking for a breakthrough on behalf of those in this congregation who are facing health challenges. But then I also feel like we need to tie a time of prayer and fasting into mourning over the national sin of abortion and ask for a revolution of individual hearts and federal and state laws. And it has to start with hearts because if it doesn't start with hearts, it's all superficial. Everything changes from the inside out. So our hearts need to be rent over it, and we need to pray for others' hearts to be rent as well. But it needs to begin there. Ezra had the people pray and fast for their children. The literal translation, the little ones. And I believe that right now is a time where we need to be fasting and praying for the little ones. I also want us to pray during this time, and I believe the Lord is calling us to pray and fast during this time in order that we might, as a church, have a greater hunger and thirst after God. On Wednesday, we were talking about this very thing and brought up that story of the prodigal son. There's a guy named John Darby in the 1800s who was talking about that, the prodigal son, and John Darby said that when the prodigal son was hungry, he looked to the pigs and the food that they had. But when the prodigal son was starving, he went to his father. And I really believe through this that the Holy Spirit is going to work in this church And make us hunger and thirst for more of the Lord. Hunger and thirst after righteousness. So I, as part of this, believe that the Lord has called us that we might have a greater hunger and thirst after God. That we would ask for the Holy Spirit's presence, direction, and leadership along with a deeper work of God at praise. How much do we really desire this? I believe that through this process, I believe we'll desire it more. And so, as a part of this, that we would take a time and be focused on asking for the Holy Spirit's presence, direction, and leadership, and a deeper work of God at praise in this time. Finally, 
that we would ask for a greater heart for and more opportunities to minister to our neighbors. Now, here's how this works. There are five specific things up here. And each day, if you sign up to participate in this, you will receive that text message that will have a devotion. It will also have a specific prayer request for a person or a couple people at Praise who are going through health challenges. But then we're going to split those 28 days up into seven days, and we're going to have specific prayer over those, each of those seven-day segments for the next four, morning And then in order that God might give us a greater hunger and thirst after him, asking for the Holy Spirit's presence, direction, and leadership, and a greater heart for and opportunities to minister to our neighbors. So you can scribble this all down now, but if if you do participate, we'll get it in front of you. Um, There are some specific steps I would ask you to take. First, I I would ask you to understand that we have to to approach this differently um, because of various health needs and all of those things. When I say fasting 28 days, um, I don't mean each and every one of us would fast for all 28 days. In fact, that is very decidedly what I am not saying, okay? I do ask that each and every one of us would be praying uh, in accordance with and, and along with the rest of the church for 28 days. But the fasting portion of it might look differently for each and every one of us. My ideal would be that each of us would take like one day a week and focus in fasting on that particular day. And there's different types of fast that that might look like. And some of us might be able to do a complete day-long fast. Drinking liquids only for an entire day. I would ask that you would not fast more than one day a week if this is what you decide to do. Don't just jump into this and say, hey, I'm going to fast a week. No eating. Okay, this is a big deal, and I I would ask even that you would be wise about it and consult the doctor before you commit to this type of fast. That's no small thing. Many of us have health limitations that might take that out of the equation for us, Um, and I understand that, so maybe for you, you might choose to do a partial fast, not eating one or two meals on a specific day or abstaining from certain kinds of food or drinks or coffee or caffeine or whatever that might look like for you but it's not about following a specific pattern this is about us responding to our position before the Lord and committing to this some of us have done in the past something like this some of us have done a Daniel fast maybe this is the way that you would go about it and might want to do it again where you eat only vegetables fruit water and juice I'm not prescribing that but that might be the thing for you Uh, but whatever you do please don't take this as a diet Because fasting is huge right now. One of the big things is intermittent fasting. You can find books and articles on this and all the health benefits that go along with it. And that might be true, but that's not why we're doing this. We aren't doing it for physical reasons. This is something that we are doing because we believe the Lord has called us to a spiritual purpose and it will be accomplished in spiritual ways. Our help and our hope rest in a different place. That's what this is about. So if we do it for the wrong reasons, external reasons, we're just going to ruin it. So don't, don't do that. Final option for you if you're unable to do those others might be an activity or a media fast. For those who are unable medically or for other reasons to forego a time of a time-consuming activity such as entertainment or hobbies or television, internet, sports, etc. I'm going to leave that between you and the Lord because... Biblically, what I see is uh, that there, there needs to be flexibility and it needs to be between us and the Lord. 
in the execution of it. It's not about fitting a specific pattern. It isn't about meeting a specific obligation. This is about a specific moment in the history of praise assembly. And I understand our schedules are different. Some of us have very regimented weekly schedules and everything is the same every week. And some of us have incredibly flexible schedules where one week you're in one place and the next week you're in another and a different day of the week. And so I understand all of those things. And so it's not highly regimented. I would ask that every single day you would join with us for 28 days of prayer. And I, I would ask that you would participate at least one day a week in some form of fasting as well. Okay, uh, that starts this Friday, which is February 1st, so that's pretty quick. So if you wanted to participate, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I would ask you to grab your phone right now. Uh, if you don't have a phone, that you would grab a pen um, and write down this phone number. But if you can, pull out your phone and go ahead and text if you're willing, able, and ready. Uh, text the word PRAY to 417-815-7161. This is not signing you up uh, for anything besides receiving daily that text message which will include a link to a devotion immediately if you were to do this if you were to text this phone number pray to text this phone number right now you will immediately receive a link which has all of the instructions and the information that I laid out for you uh, will be the first link that you'll receive and you'll receive that right now and so I'm going to actually text it myself um, but as part of that um, we this is all anonymous Right? Like, we aren't tracking, okay, this person's fasting. Because that, again, is not what, that's not the pattern we see in Scripture. Instead, it's supposed to be between us and the Lord. Um, but if you are not able to text um, and you want to just write it down or go out into the lobby and sign up, you can go that, uh, out there in order to do that. Um, I would ask, though, that if you wanted to sign up out at the welcome desk, like, if you absolutely cannot receive text messages or get a digital link, um, then go ahead and sign up to receive a paper copy. I would ask you to only do that, though, if uh, you really cannot receive texts or go to web pages. And here's why. Because if we print the devotions and prayer focuses for you, we'll have to do that a week in advance. And that prayer focus might change the day before based on a specific or immediate request from someone in the congregation. So the preference is that you would do this uh, digitally, okay? So if you would text to that number and you'll get a link back which will uh, bring you to something that looks kind of like this webpage, uh, which will walk you through all of the specifics of it, okay? So it'll just have for you, here's why we're doing what we're doing, here's the reasons for it, here's what this is about, and here's some patterns that you might be able to follow. Um, and again, I wouldn't do or call us to this. I'm going to go back to that pray. Can you go back to the pray number in case anybody's still texting? Um, if you could uh, just text to that number. Uh, and it'll include all the instructions, pattern for fasting. Um, if you've if never fasted before, you might start with through this a partial fast on Tuesdays. And then as part of that, maybe through the month, you might work your way up to a full day fast by the end of the month. I don't know. That's something you can settle on in your own heart. I would ask that you talk to your doctor um, because I understand that there are medical limitations for us. Okay, so I believe this is a big moment for us. I believe it's an important moment for us. I believe that we as a church are embarking on the most exhilarating time in our history. I really do. And we'll be talking about the reasons why I believe it in the next few weeks. 
But before we do, I believe right now we are at a river hava moment. We are standing on just this side of it. And we need to bathe it in prayer and fasting. This will not be accomplished in our own ability. None of the things that we see on that list will be accomplished in our own ability. But it can be accomplished as our hope and our help in another place works for and through us at praise. So if you would, participate with us in this. And I know that God's going to do some really incredible things. It wasn't something that um, I was planning on doing today, but just had reaffirmed over and over and over again that this is something that was necessary for us. And so just got to take a side road here. And during this time in February, during this time in February, I believe that you will experience in your own life breakthroughs. I believe that this will actually cause and provide for you breakthroughs in your life. And I look forward to hearing some of the testimonies that go along with that. So participate with us in 28 days of prayer and fasting at Praise Assembly. I believe God's going to do great things in this. Um, so really be thinking and praying about it. February 1st is this Friday. you got like four days to plan. So psh, plenty of time. Okay? If you have questions, forward them to somebody, not me. All right. If this is the Holy Spirit's leading, then I don't need to bang you over the head with it. Right? It's the Holy Spirit. He will speak to your heart. I don't have to rend your garments. He'll rend your heart. And I just pray that he would do that very thing. Okay? Would you stand with me today? In a moment, I'm going to pray. Uh, before I do, I know this is a bit different for us, and it's important to note again that this is not about earning something with God. Jesus Christ was the perfect sacrifice for our sins. Jesus Christ was the perfect Lamb of God who was the only one who could take away the sins of the world. He was the only one who could provide us access to the Father. This is not about adding to what he has done. This is an expression of our need for him. It is saying we are more hungry for his help than we are in trying to accomplish it on our own. This isn't earning anything because we cannot earn it, right? We cannot do it. It's not our ability, it's his ability. And if you're here today and you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, he is the only way. You cannot earn God's acceptance. It is only in Jesus Christ that we find acceptance from the Father. It's the only path. It's the only way. And even in Romans, it's very clear that every single one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. It is only through Jesus Christ. This is not earning something with him. There is no way to earn something with God. It was a free gift of God. It is his grace to us. And so if you're in here, and maybe you've come to church today thinking, well, man, I'm going to clean up my life in order that I might be acceptable to God, in order that he might accept me, that is not the right way to go about it. 
You come to him only in the name of Jesus Christ. And then he does a work inside of us, which changes us from the inside out. And this morning what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. And then we're going to do just what Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 tell us to do. Which is to believe in our hearts, God raised him from the dead, confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord. And if you're in here and you've not done that before, this is an opportunity for you to do that. Would you pray with me today? Father, I thank you that there are unique times in our history. And there are moments when you call us to do something more and participate with you in a new way. And Father, we want to make sure that our hearts are right in all things that we follow you in. Oh, we're not trying to earn your attention. We're not trying to earn acceptance. We're not trying to earn access, oh God. But Lord, there are times when our hearts are rent. There are times when along with our prayer comes fasting. And I believe you are calling us as a church to this in this moment. Well, God, I pray that you would rend our hearts for those things that rend yours, oh God. Tear our hearts in those places that your heart is torn. Well, God, may we feel as you feel, emotions that you have, oh God. May we be angry over the things that you are angry for and brokenhearted over the things that you are brokenhearted over, oh God. Father, may we care as you care. Be compassionate as you are compassionate. And then, Lord, may we not only feel and be empathetic, may we do something about it, oh God. Call us to what you have called us to. Not what I'm calling us to, but God, if this is you, then rend our hearts for it. No, Lord, as we participate in this, I trust and believe that as a church, you are going to do great things. More and more, I will have a desire to reach my neighbors. More and more, as a church, we will have a desire and given opportunities and avenues to reach those who are around us, oh God. More and more, we will have our hearts aligned with your heart. Father, I pray that you would do that very thing in us in February as we take 28 days of prayer and fasting. But Lord, right now, I just pray for anybody who might be in this room who maybe feel as if they clean their lives up, that God, you will accept them. That's not the way it works, Lord. And you know that, and I know that. And I see in your word very clearly that you provided a way, that it's by grace that no one can boast. We can't say, I did this, because it was you who did it. It's all by grace, and so we thank you that that grace is to us, that Jesus Christ died for our sins, and we declare him as Lord of our lives right now. You are Lord of my life, Jesus. You are Lord of my life. I submit all things at the throne of Jesus Christ, and the knee of my heart bows before the name of Jesus Christ today, O oh God. And I believe in my heart that the scriptures are true of him. That he was raised from the dead and is even now interceding for us today. We thank you for that. We praise you for it. Oh God, we put our faith in you today, you and you alone. And I believe this is a River Ahava moment for us in this church. As we're gathering, oh God. As we're gathering in preparation, oh Lord. That we need to declare right now that more than anything else, our dependence and our hope is in you. 
This is a spiritual endeavor that will be accomplished by spiritual means, oh God. So may that be the case. Rend our hearts today, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. In a moment, I'm going to dismiss you, and when I do, I encourage you, if you're in here and you need prayer for anything this morning, that instead of heading out those doors, that you would step out and come down to the front. Our prayer team is available and ready to pray with you, not only this morning, but they've committed to pray with you all week long if you come and bring a request to them this morning. If you're in here and you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you, for the very first time, said, Jesus, you are Lord of my life today, uh, if that was the first time, instead of heading out, would you just head down to the front? They would just love to walk you through what those next steps might look like for you, because God wants to do great things. He wants to work in you. And they want to just help and talk you through that process and pray with you about it as well. Thank you so much for joining us. If you haven't signed up yet and you feel like the Lord is leading in, in that for you to participate with us. of prayer. Sign up. Text that. Stop by the welcome desk. Participate with us in 28 days of prayer and fasting. Thank you so much for joining us. Look forward to seeing you tonight. Look forward to seeing you next week. God bless.